Good evening and welcome to the Skilled Trades Podcast. I'm your host, Cal Weeb, and joined me- with me once again is my co-host, David. How's it going, David? It's good. You know, it's uh, Tuesday evening. You know, it's been a little bit of a while since we did a- had our last recording. Well, a lot of things have been going on since then. Oh, it's been a crazy busy time, but hey, you know, it makes makes it worthwhile for the show. Exactly. There's always stories to tell, right? Absolutely. Let's, why don't we start with you? What are some of the shenanigans you've gotten up to? Well, it seems like recently, I don't know why, but it seems like recently there has just been a lot of like sewer pump and like drainage calls I've been going to. Typically, this isn't really what I do, but there's been a few that I've now gone to and it's like, I don't know if I like them. They're good for learning, but uh, there's one that I went to, I went with a, with a journeyman plumber. He, uh, me and him, we went to, it was like 45 minutes away from the shop. And uh, so we had to change a sewer pump out there because it, uh, it wasn't priming properly. And uh, it was a really, really old pump as well. So it would, it would almost pull the water into the pump, but not quite. Um, so we checked all the fittings and everything. Everything was fine on that end. Uh, we, we eventually, we, we stuck, um, just a piece of PEX pipe down, down the suction line into the septic tank. And so meanwhile, you know, you get the smell of the tank wafting through the pipe, right? So it smells like money. Well, that's what plumbers say, apparently. <laughs> and we, and we found it, um, it, it was actually a, a few feet down. We actually found that it was, um, uh, kind of kinked. Okay. But so we were like, well. You know, we it's it's underneath the concrete. There's there's nothing we can do here, right? So, but what we what we found was like, well, this was an inch and a quarter line poly. So we thought, okay, what if we try a three quarter inch line? So we put a three quarter inch line. We we jammed it through there, got it all set up and everything. Everything went well, and put a new pump in there for him, and it worked beautifully after that. Um, but that was just, that was one of those things where like prior to that, I never really dealt with sewer pumps. And then it was shortly after that, that I went to another sewer pump call. That was just, uh, um, that one was, it wasn't uh, uh, like priming either. And that one actually ended up being a complete like crushed uh, uh, suction line. It was like crushed under the footing of the house. Like there was nothing going through there at all. So there, and he had actually replaced that line a few, few weeks ago. And then there was another one after that, that was just happened last week. This was, oh, this was a bad one. So whoever had installed this, uh, this was a submersible, um, septic, uh, pump, whoever had previously installed it, they hadn't left the cord on it long enough to pull this whole thing like out of the, out of the tank in order to like diagnose and repair it. So I had to Jimmy something up. Um, I, I like had, like got my extension cord around it cause it's, you know, like maybe 10, 15 feet in this tank. So I got my extension cord around it and was like holding it up at the top there. I tied it off on like a little metal shelf kind of that the, that they had on the yard. And so as I was leaning over this tank, doing the work and whatever, and, uh, that was kind of sketchy and it turns out I wouldn't have maybe have had to do that. I found out there was a bad breaker on this thing. But I figured may as well check it to make sure I don't have a broken cord or, or anything along the way because that's also what I've seen happen. Yeah, so that's I've been kind of getting into those kind of jobs and 
Yeah, I don't know how I feel about them yet. <laughs> well, re- sounds like they've really been feeding you the shit work, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it can always be worse. I mean, today was a day we went to a house, me and me and the same journeyman, doing a lot of work. And oh my goodness, it was that house is was a mess. Like I, I replaced the dishwasher and a couple of other things while we were there, and, and there was there was mouse crap under the dishwasher, Ooh. and it's just it just reeked like it's bad. Well, I know from what you showed me, it it looked very questionable for living quarters. Oh, oh, it was it wasn't sanitary at all. Like like there, this was a health code violation here. <laughs> I was thinking, you know. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to know that you've been doing so many sewer pumps because now I know who to call when mine craps out again. You know what? There's a lot of great sewer pump companies. You know that you know would love to do the work for you. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, I I I'd help you out. I know earlier this year we we had issues with ours again, and it's not the first time we've had problems with it, and it too wasn't priming, so after spending who knows how much time messing around with trying to get it to prime, finally I was like, okay, you know what, we're just going to have to open the plug on the sewer pump, mm-hmm. and so I go to open it up and of course it's a square whatever yep, yep. set screw so i put tons of penetrating fluid in there and put the biggest speed wrench i can put on there nothing i was like okay fine i'll give it another shot wait a while i think i waited five hours and i put just like 10 shots of penetrating fluid on it just nothing so finally i went and grabbed my map torch <laughs> And keep in mind, this is in a dirt crawl space with probably about three, not even three feet of clearance. So I have to jump up into this crawl space on dirt while I'm lying there and try and get good enough leverage to crack this thing open. So I grab my map torch and just heat it up and just absolutely clobber the speeder and finally it breaks free. And thankfully... I put my respirator on before I jumped down there <laughs> with the carbon filters so I didn't smell too much of it. The problem being is where this crawl space entry is, it's right by my bedroom. <laughs> so I brought I brought a candle into the crawl space with me just, you know, to burn off the methane. Yeah. So I have that going and you know I get someone to bring me a pitcher of water and I'm trying to prime this pump without spilling shit water absolutely everywhere and get the pump prime, get it closed up, turn the pump back on and it starts pumping and I climb out of the crawl space, take my respirator off and just, (laughs) just this putrid smell in my bedroom is just like, Oh, that is disgusting. And I start lighting like five candles, have them all burning down there. I'm like, I have to sleep down here. Yep. Like, ugh, <laughs> gross. But, oh, I know just sewer is a miserable thing to have problems, especially in the winter. But you know what's even worse than that? Um, again, this is another thing I've, I've, I've recently, there's been a string of these. So, um, we, we a couple of our, our um, our accounts they have like Santa Flow toilets. So for for those of you that don't know, it's basically if you have a toilet that isn't near drainage anywhere, or you know it's on a basement floor but there's no drainage. Essentially, your your sewage goes into this little 
container behind the toilet like it's all piped into there and then there's a little pump in there and then that pumps your sewage out to like um to a drain somewhere so that way you don't have to break up concrete and whatever in my opinion the worst thing ever in this entire world but we have to service them and there's there's this one one customer we have we go there every couple of months at least every, I, I i've been there twice this year and i know my other co-worker has been there once for the same issue well they say oh this the the pump is loud it's making noise again it's not 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 working right and um so we went there and usually like these have uh, these people have a tendency not to take our advice when we tell them don't flush tampons down the toilet and sure enough, we get there. We do, and then it, this is it, this is gross. Like, this is the grossest job ever. You have to take it all apart, and then you have to go outside and you wash everything because most of the time that impeller on that pump is jammed with you guessed it, tampons. You know, I understand. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, right? But that is like one of my pet peeves. Oh, it's just nasty. It is. It is <laughs> so gross, and it's something that could be prevented. And I like. We, we kind of, we don't give them heck, but we just kind of keep telling them. It's like, don't keep doing this because we already replaced that pump a couple of, well, the last time I was there, which was probably about two, two, maybe two, three months ago. And that was like an $800 pump. Yikes. Don't do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's been one of my like pet peeves. Yeah. I know the company I used to work for, we did servicing on, uh, the city here, they have a bunch of pump houses for pumping sewer around the city. And a lot of times you'd have to pull those pumps. And they didn't make any of us guys go out there. The The owners went and took care of that. Uh-huh. And they said, basically, you have a set of clothes that you put on just to go to those calls. <laughs> and you leave them outside the pump house when you're done. They said, you pull that pump out and it'll be trash bags, you know, Condoms wrapped around the impeller, <laughs> tampons, just disgusting crap, just all oh. wrapped in the pump, and you have to clean that off. Ugh. And then once you get it clean, well, you have to stick it back down there, and then it runs again. That but, is gross. Oh, it's just nasty, the things that people put down their toilet. Like the uh, friend I have who's a plumber as well, he said he had gotten a call for... I think their toilet wasn't flushing or something and, and they tried snaking it and just nothing was working. So they had to chop the pipe and they found a pair of someone's tidy whities down the toilet. <laughs> it's like, that's not biodegradable. You don't flush underwear down the toilet. I know, but you know what the thing I've, I've ran into before too, this was on a rental property. So maybe there was some bad blood here, but the, the, the tenant got kicked out and um, the landlord, I was there for other work. He's like, yeah, the toilet's not really flushing properly either. So whatever, I snake it and I pull out two big wads of steel wool. Like oh. just like stuff that you use to like, you know, uh, you know, do whatever. It's just like you can buy them in the store. Um, and he, I pull out two big wads of steel wool. I was like, yeah, I think this guy left you a little <laughs> present here before he left. <laughs> that and baby wipes. Okay, that's another one of my pet peeves. It... Just because it says safe Flushable. for flushing, yeah. oh. do not flush them. They, I, it doesn't work. It does not work, and it drives me nuts when, when when I go to a call and it's something as simple as that. Oh yeah, I flushed this, you know, seventeen of these baby wipes down the <laughs> toilet, right? Oh, it says flushable. No, 
do not flush them. Just because your baby crapped all the way up its back, there's a garbage bag. <laughs> a garbage bag costs you about 17 cents to replace. Yeah. A plumber costs a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh man, that's those. Those are some of my, like my pet peeves I've ran into plumbing wise. Anyways. Yeah. Well, thankfully you're an HVAC vac tech. Oh yeah, HVAC tech. Feels like I've been a plumber in the last <laughs> little while. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I know. I've used one of those Santa Flow toilets before, and you know, even just taking a crap on it and you it feels flush. dirty. It yeah. feels dirty. And you flush, and you just hear this grinding. It's like. Oh, I don't even want to know what's happening in there. Uh, yeah, you don't want to know what's <laughs> happening in there. Oh, never mind working on one. Yeah. Or yeah. when it starts screaming at you for some reason, it's beeping away. It's like, shut up. So you unplug it and plug it back in. <laughs> well, the thing is, speaking of plugging it and plugging it back in when it doesn't work. So here's another funny story. Uh, I went to a customer's house. They've got well water. And they have this sensor that detects like... Um, like their well water isn't really good, so it they've they, they've got a filtration system that lets them know if um like the well water uh, levels uh, there's certain levels that this little that this system monitors if it raises above a certain level it has an alarm you know warning you you know you should change your filters or do something right. And the first time when uh, when it got installed, he 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 was like, "What is this beeping noise?" and like. He, he wasn't really, like, he was an older gentleman, and it was in his basement there, and he's like, what is this beeping noise? So a couple of, like, days go by, and it's not, like, a loud blaring in your face, but it's just, like, a little beep, like, like an, it's like an, uh, a fire alarm when it's, um you know, low batteries, and this goes on for a few days, and all of a sudden, he's like, uh, so he goes downstairs, and he, sh- and he unplugs it. <laughs> he unplugs the sensor, and then th- he unplugs it for a little while, and all of a sudden, he starts feeling sick. So, and he doesn't put the two together. And so we get called there one day. Like this is after it's been shut off for over a month. Oh, geez. We get called there and the guy goes, he looks, he's like, why is this unplugged? He's like, oh, it was, it was beeping at me or whatever. He's like, (laughs) this is a warning here or whatever. Right. So this whole time he was making himself sick with his well water. And so I think we, we did a full service maintenance on, on his filtration system. And after that, it works. Now he knows if it's beeping change filters well yeah and that's the thing you know when installing equipment people you can sometimes when you explain to people how it works you mm-hmm. just see their eyes kind of glaze over and it's just like wind going through their ears and uh, the biggest thing always is rtfb read the freaking book <laughs> <laughs> hey if all else fails read instructions yeah oh it drives me nuts especially when you tell the customer like I, like if you for example a thermostat you go through how everything works uh like on the thermostat and then it's like here is your manual if you have any other questions or co- concerns your answers are probably in here right and then they just go ahead and just like well how do i do this and this and this it's like did you read the book yet <laughs> no because that book usually as soon as you give it to them goes into the recycling yeah Oh, yeah, I don't think we have that book anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think someone else threw it out. Sure, they did. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, it's just like a, another house I was at a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Um, a, a fairly new house, uh, and they got a, they have a well water. A new well that was, that was drilled 
last within the last five years. They were complaining there's not enough water pressure. So what happens is the well wasn't dug deep enough, and now they have like as soon as the the well like the the level like um, goes down, it doesn't replenish fast enough. Oh, okay. So it's it, and then they they ran into some issues with that, and it's like, do you have any paperwork for this well, or who drilled it, or whatever? Or who did the work? Nope, don't have any of this. I'm like, well, this is kind of stuff that's somewhat important here. Yeah, that's the thing, especially if it was a new well. Mm-hmm. Like, I know our well is, oh, it's quite an old well, but we know the depth on it. Yeah, which is stuff you should know. And now that we replaced our our well pump, we know when it was replaced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least keep the receipts or something. Yeah. Or just keep some kind of record like i know we have panels in the barn we were given some chicken scratch paper that's faded on what's what breaker in the barn (laughs) half the time we lose it and we really need to make an updated list and i need to stick it on the panel but it's Mm -hmm. like (sighs) oh speaking of that um so as an electrician you probably have you have or have used this tool in the past so one of the things that always kind of bothers me is like if nothing is labeled in a panel and you're like randomly shutting breakers off in the house with your, you know, non-contact voltage tester in an outlet waiting for it to stop beeping at you once you hit the <laughs> right breaker. So can't you get like a little like tool thing where you like plug it into the outlet and then it'll like trip the breaker or something like that, like safely? I know there's sketchy ways of doing it, but... um, Well, there's a cheap way and then there's a not as cheap way. Okay. So what's the difference? Uh, the cheap way is very, very easy. Okay. You need about a, a six-inch piece of copper wire. And then you just stick it in? Well, I, I generally pull the outlet out, you know, between the side of the box and the, the gold screw. Hold it with a linesman and close your eyes. <laughs> that usually works pretty good. Unless you have a federal breaker. Then, you know, you just start copper welding. <laughs> but... Um, Klein does make a tool. Uh, I haven't ever used it. It's like a circuit tracer or something like that. So you plug it in mm-hmm. and then you ha- get this little pen and then it beeps when you're on that breaker that feeds that circuit. I'm not sure how it works, but I know there is a tool for that. But okay. like I said, the cheap way piece of copper wire usually does the trick uh-huh well <laughs> and that's the thing i've ran into it last little while a couple of a couple of times where it's like nothing is labeled or like things are like crossed out and relabeled and crossed out yep. and relabeled again <laughs> and it's like you're just going through the house you know nope no can't be this well you can eliminate most of them you know oh yeah you know this outlet isn't going to be on a 50 amp or 25 <laughs> amp breaker right so you can kind of eliminate some but it's like it'd be nice to just have something quick where you're going to stick it in trip a breaker so i know which one and label it properly yeah, so all of a sudden you don't hear mom why is the internet off i was in the middle of a game <laughs> oh man enrage some gamer kids <laughs> <laughs> everything has to reboot everything. oh man uh, there were only three squads left. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, kid. You'll never be a pro. Yeah. <laughs> Just give up now already. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's there's all kinds of gizmos and gadgets out there, but there comes a point. How much do you want to carry and what price do you want to pay? Yeah, exactly. So, 
But yeah, no. that's kind of stuff I've been keeping busy with. What about you? Oh, I had a very, very interesting week out of province. <laughs> I heard from a person through a person through a person that someone was looking for a guy to operate a loader to load flat deck trucks with large square alfalfa bales and I was like, hey, this sounds like easy money. <laughs> so I called the guy up and he's like, oh yeah, can you be here tomorrow morning? And it's about a four and a half, five hour drive. And I was like, sure, yeah, I can be there nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we'll put you up in the hotel and everything. Like, cool. Sweet, sounds like a good deal. And so I, I head out there. I think I left at, well, I got up at quarter to four that Saturday morning. And I left at 4.30. So I get to the field. And there's already a truck there. And there's a guy loading with a payloader. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> there's a nice telehandler sitting right there. And whatever, I walk. What was it? Probably three-quarter mile to where they're loading. And help guide him load and everything. And... I had told this guy, you know, I had, I've never used a payloader before, so I wouldn't mind if you were there kind of just to show me how it works how and, it works and everything, and all of a sudden he opens the door, he's like, this is my first time ever using a payloader. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, well, this will be interesting. And eventually I said, well, why don't we use that telehandler that's sitting out there? Oh, yeah, go get it. So I go get the telehandler, and we start loading. The first day wasn't bad, you know, just kind of getting the hang of, you know, stacking bales, making the loads look nice and everything. And, and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, we're going to get a lot of trucks in. Like, I was expecting, well, we had 3,600 bales we need to ship, mm -hmm. spread over 7,000 acres. And they're in all these little stacks scattered everywhere. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's going to be quite a bit. And so I'm like... Okay, yeah, it should work. I have the telehandler here. I know how to use a telehandler. I'm very comfortable with that. And So we loaded, I think, two or three trucks that Saturday. And we go back to the hotel. And he's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to go home today or maybe stay. Because I was kind of concerned with all the bales that are scattered everywhere that I'm not going to be able to keep up. Uh -huh. And then Sunday morning, he's like, yep, yeah, I'm going home. I was like. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think you have it handled here. Okay, <laughs> bon voyage. And so he makes a five-hour trip home. So I'm stuck here, out of province, somewhere where I've never been before doing something that I haven't ever done before <laughs> by myself. And before I keep going, I should go back. And when he said he's going to put me up at the hotel... Well, when I was at the field, I was kind of asking him about the hotel, like, oh, are we, do you have a room there already? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a nice hotel. Like, okay, this is a tiny little town in the middle of the Canadian prairies. Yeah. How can it have a nice hotel? So we go into town, we pull into the truck stop for lunch, and I see this just grungy, dirty <laughs> motel beside. A little Motel 6. <laughs> it wasn't even that. Like, it was just this rundown, like... These rooms were just tiny cubes. And it was honestly just like 
places you take undesirable people. I thought you were going to say it's like a pay-by-the-hour hotel. Something like that. <laughs> where you're somewhere you're, where you're going to get shanked. And I was like, oh, I thought you said it was a nice hotel. And whatever, we finish our lunch, and I was like, okay, you know what? It's not that bad. I'm getting paid for this. I can make do. And he starts pulling off the lot. And I was like, oh, great. This place probably has bed bugs. And he doesn't go into that parking lot. I'm like, where the heck are you going? He starts driving down the street. And all of a sudden I see this huge, brand new, gorgeous hotel sitting <laughs> off the highway. And we pull in. And I'm like, what the heck? We walk in. Just a gorgeous, you know, foyer and... Just super friendly people. And we get up to the room and we're like, this is probably the best hotel I've ever stayed in. Uh-huh. I can live with this. <laughs> so that's where I got put up for a week. And just, you know, awesome staff at the hotel. And and just clean rooms. And, you know, they have breakfast there every morning. I mean, it's not your typical hotel breakfast. Like, they'd make some breakfast sandwiches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would head out to the field and... The first couple days were okay, and then all of a sudden I started getting trucks late at night in the dark, and I couldn't see anything, and I didn't know where my stacks of bales were, because they were everywhere, and so I'm driving around the dark in my telehandler trying to find (laughs) bales while truckers are bouncing through the field behind me trying to help me find the bales, and all of a sudden, oh, there's a stack, drive across the field, and and load the one guy, he's strapping, go to another pile, and start loading the next guy, all of a sudden I get a phone. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm lost. My GPS says the, the gravel, the entrance to gravel roads right here, but I don't see anything. And there was no moon that night. It was cloudy. So I had no other light. (laughs) I had the lights on my telehandler. That was it. So I start driving aimlessly and it's so dark and this machine is so noisy. So I don't know what's north and south. So I just start driving until I see his lights. And I, I see this fence, and I was like, oh, that's a gravel road. Well, he was half, probably half to three quarters of a mile in the wrong direction, parked in the corner of the field. So we had to go all the way back until <laughs> <laughs> I found him the exit. And I was like, oh, if this is how my week's going to go, this is going to get crazy yet. And, well, sure enough, I'm still using the, the telehandler, you know, moving bales, loading trucks, whatever. Usually I get to the field, load a truck at 7, and they kind of be scattered throughout the day. And I'm in the one field, it's probably 30 degrees, beautiful day. And I'm just having my headphones in, listening to podcasts, driving the telehandler, moving bales. All of a sudden I look down, oh, my telehandler's overheating. Great. And whatever, I pop the side panel open. Well, the rat is just absolutely plugged. I'm like, well, I don't have an air compressor here, first of all. And so I kind of pick some of the pollen out and try blowing it out as best I can. I pull the air filter out. Well, I'm pretty sure that air filter never got cleaned since new. I start tapping that thing and blowing on it, and just my face is just black. And like, eating dirt, it's like crunch. And have a one liter jug of water and like swishing it in my mouth and spitting. It was like brown, just disgusting. <laughs> my headphones are just brown. My hands are just grimy. Like, ooh, this is disgusting. You just feel crusty. Yeah. 
And whatever, I let the telehandler cool down. I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't keep driving this dusty, pollinated field. Yeah. So I go, I go park, let the thing cool down. I jump in the payloader. And the only positive the payloader had going for it was better lighting and an air-conditioned heated cab with a better seat. Oh, okay. Well, that's already that's been an upgrade. Yeah, minus, you know, visibility, uh, ease of maneuvering, <laughs> yeah. uh, all these things. So, you know, a payloader to load bales wouldn't be bad if it had proper bale spears. Now, this one had bale spears, but they were chained onto the front of a massive bucket. <laughs> so, it was a bit of a process of figuring out where my spears were. It was kind of guessing, because I have this, like, I don't know, seven foot wide bucket, but like five feet tall. And, oh, guess what? There's four little forks down there that I need to know where they are in order to poke into these bales and lift them up. Okay, great. So I I start trying to figure out how to load these trucks. The first one took like almost an hour and a half. And my fastest one towards the end ended up being a half an hour was my fastest one. So I improved a lot. Mm-hmm. But then some of the drivers just, they wouldn't even get out of their trucks to show me. Oh, no, oh, no. Truck, some truck drivers, they're super truckers. <laughs> they they don't go out of their truck unless it's to pee. <laughs> so, and even that, they might do it from the like from their door. Yeah, well, it's just in a bottle and out the window. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm busy, you know, trying to not break guys' trailers. And I'm kind of moving my neck downward just so I can see about a one-inch sliver of bale. So I can line it up perfectly on the edge of their trailer. Because otherwise, then they jump out and, oh, my load's not straight. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is ridiculous. But I, I got decent at it. And you may ask, well, why didn't I just use the telehandler? Because I was working in different fields. Mm-hmm. Well, here comes the kicker. The telehandler got taken away due to unfortunate circumstances, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll call it. <laughs> People may have gotten angry at one another. A little bit of drama. Fair enough. So I'm still loading trucks all of a sudden. I get a message. Well, we're no longer bringing bales to a certain location. More drama. Awesome. So I'm loading bales. Guess what? Bales are no longer going to this location. Drama. Wonderful. I keep loading trucks. They're still coming at 7 o'clock. It's getting dark. I'm loading trucks till 11 o'clock at night. It's chilly. And... Thankfully, towards the end, when the guys would come late, just super nice guys. Like, I made some friends in the middle of the Prairie Province, somewhere I've never been by myself. Uh I've made trucker friends. (laughs) So, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) I know one of the guys, he he asked me, hello, you know, do you need me to bring you anything from back home? Because I'll be in the area. Uh I was like... Sure. Absolutely. So I I call up my mom and it's like, hey, you're making fresh soup, right? Yep. You mind packing some soup and a couple grilled cheese sandwiches and putting them on the truck to where I'm working? And she's like, yeah. So the driver brings me soup and grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, the guy is just a beauty. And, oh... 
you know, the, the week was going pretty great. Mm -hmm. And Friday we got seven trucks and the day went really smoothly and, and got a bunch of trucks loaded. And then my last truck, I think I started loading at 10 o'clock. I was so dog tired by the time I had them loaded and I didn't know the dust was swirling like crazy. It was windy the whole week. Yeah, because I guess if you're out there in the open, more or less, like and, uh, the wind just goes right, right there, like oh, everywhere. Yeah, and the soil there is just sand. Okay. So it gets super, super dusty, and I have to turn lights off on my loader so I could not get dizzy while I'm driving. And so I get him loaded, and well, first of all, I had to argue with the driver because he was saying, "Well, my dispatch only says I can take so and so many bales because of weight." I said, well, with your type of trailer, I've been loading this many bales, and they've all been within the correct weight. I said, you do whatever you're comfortable with. Yep. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Yep. Whatever. He's like, oh, just put the more bales on. Okay, cool. I load them up, and I'm just, I got out of my, out of my loader, and I'm cutting bale strings off, and I was all done. I was about to go park my loader and head back to the hotel. I'm climbing up my loader, and I'm pretty much to the top, and I fall off. Oh, shit. And I just laid there in the dirt. I was in so much pain, and my arm still hurts like crazy from it. I'm just laying there, and finally I get up, and I get back into my loader and go park it. And I just, I go back to the hotel, and I just collapse in bed and just sleep. I had set my alarm for... For 6.30, I figured just in case, mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting any trucks until about noonish. I was supposed to go home originally at Saturday at noon. I had plans in the evening, but then we needed to get a few more trucks out. So I said, okay, I can stay till end of day Saturday. Mm -hmm. Then I'll go home. Okay, awesome. And I was like, okay, you know, my truck should only be here noon or a bit later. I'm going to sleep in. But I'm going to let my alarm still go at 6.30. I'll check my messages and everything. So I'm laying in bed, still half asleep. My phone starts ringing. 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, the same driver I had loaded late last night was still in the field because he didn't want to strap in the dark. Hey, uh, can you come take the top level layer of bales off my trailer? None of my straps are long enough and I don't have any chains to make them longer. <laughs> I was just like, oh my goodness. And I just said, yeah, I'll be there in half an hour. So I quickly get dressed and just like, oh, you can tell I just got out of bed and my hoodie's pulled up and I'm just walking to my car. Uh -huh. And I stop by the truck stop, big can of Red Bull and just, and I'm going there and I'm just like, oh, this day's not going to go well. And so I head to the field. He's sitting there. I take his top layer of bales off his load. And okay, cool. Well, the problem was the field that we were loading these bales off of, they weren't packed properly. So they're pretty loose bales. So if you pick them up multiple times, mm -hmm. well, then they'd start shifting. Yeah. And then eventually the strings would snap or they'd just fall apart completely. So I had a bit of a pile of loose hay there so I was just trying to make it into a nice pile so we didn't cause any more drama yeah and so that I had room to maneuver and I'm in the midst of doing that all of a sudden I hear a snap and then all of a sudden something hits my windshield I'm like well that's weird 
So I, I pull back on my joystick, or oh no, I tilt it over to make my bucket tilt. Mm-hmm. What? It's not tilting. I look right in front of my steering wheel. Well, the big hydraulic cylinder that controls my bucket tilt, the pin that goes through it had snapped <laughs> and bent this massive one inch thick steel ear, I guess, about four inches over and sheared this four inch thick pin clean off. Yikes. And I just, I saw it and I was like, I just said, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And whatever, I shut off the loader. As this truck driver from the night before starts walking up to my loader, I opened the door and I was like, well, that's wonderful. But what happened? said, the loader just broke. Oh, I was going to ask you to adjust my load a little bit. (laughs) I looked at him. I said, well, I don't think that's going to happen. My loader doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, well, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine for you to say who just now has to finish strapping and get on his way. I'm supposed to load about four more trucks today. Wonderful. So. Like, I, you know, you, you can always just hand load them. Oh, yeah. 1,200 pound bale. Ah, no Easy. problem. Easy. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I call the guy up who I'm working for and tell him the news. Okay, I'm going to see what I can figure out. And, okay, whatever. We'll see what he can figure out. And he all of a sudden calls me back. We have a welder coming. So, don't know what a welder is. Yeah, we don't know what a, how, how a welder is going <laughs> to bend this massive, <laughs> massive ear back into place. And so the welder shows up about an hour and a half later. And in the meantime, while I was waiting, I had a Sammy show up. Well, good thing it was one of the guys that I had become friends with in the meantime. He's a 19-year-old truck driver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, great chums, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's sitting on his trailer. I'm sitting on his trailer. Welder shows up. He's like, so what happened? I said, oh, go look. He goes and takes a look. He's like, um, explicit words entered here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I explained to him what happened. He's like, well, I don't, there's not much I can do here. He says, that thing has to be rebent. Well, yeah. he said, I have to cut that entire thing off, take it to a press, bend it straight. The other side was about an eighth to a quarter inch off. So that had to be bent straight. He said, I can't get you a four inch pin today. You'd have to order a new one from Doosan mm-hmm. and put it in. And well, I, I, I explained that to the guy I was working for. And he's like, well, can't you just put a two-inch pin in there? (laughs) I just thought to myself, you want to put a two-inch pin through a four-inch hole on a $10,000 hydraulic cylinder that's going to be rocking back and forth. I I just said, you're going to break the the collar on that that ram, and then you'll just have gone from a $4,000 repair to a $14,000 repair. Yeah. Because now you'll have to replace the cylinder and the pin. Yeah. And then, wait for it, more drama about fixing it. Well, <coughs> yeah. It wasn't our machine. Oh. <laughs> Oops. And the whole drama about the bail situation 
or okay, I should rephrase that. There was drama, and that's why the bales were being loaded. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy I was working for, who was having drama with the guys whose field we were loading off. Well, this was that guy's loader. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oops. Yeah, we're <laughs> using a, a loader. Who's the guy who owns this loader? They're you know it's just a a bad mix. Uh-huh. And this welder goes well. Before I do anything, I want to talk to the guy who owns this loader and see what he wants me to do to it, not do some Mickey Mouse nonsense and yeah. fix it. Exactly. Probably like nothing he can really do anyways. <laughs> exactly. And oh, it's just never ending nonsense. And finally. The guy I was working for, he was desperately calling people to find a loader or something. Well, it's post-harvest in the prairies. You mm-hmm. know what people are doing? Getting drunk. <laughs> or as they call it, post-harvest celebrations. Oh, yes. And I understand. It's been a long season. Mm-hmm. You want to let loose some steam. And... We sat in that field, along with these truck drivers who are now apparently getting paid for sitting here and waiting. We sit there for four hours doing nothing, looking at this broken payloader. Hmm, what nice weather we are having. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually I get the call. Kate, the drivers are going to get put up in the hotel. They're going to wait here. We have a loader for Monday. You can go home. Oh. I look at the time. Oh, it's three o'clock. I can't make it anywhere. So we end up all going back to town. I grab a shower, grab all my stuff. And by the time I hit the road, I think it was five. And yeah, I got home 930-ish. Yeah, I think it was 930 I got home and I was dog tired. Oh, I believe that. It took me almost half a week to recover from that. <laughs> if it would have just been simple as going there and loading bales onto trucks, it would have been fine. But it was a combination of the trucks coming so late and all the drama. Mm-hmm. It was just a, just a ridiculous amount of stress. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. And every day just dust and dirt and you're chewing on dirt and your lips are drying out because it's just dirt. Yeah. And then you're licking your lips. It's like, <laughs> and then you're tasting the dirt. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> spitting it out. And, oh, it's just, would I do it again? Probably. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's a good experience i don't like for myself like i have no i have no experience in you know either not really even operating equipment or anything like that but i do i do find it really cool like if you know driving around harvest time guys in combines or in the springtime guys in planters or or you know um getting the fields ready i do find i do see that and it's like wow it's actually really cool um but it see me the thing is I think if I would drive like big equipment like that, I think I'd hit everything. That's a thing, and like this payloader, it had five foot tall tires. Oh no, maybe it was even taller, but about a five foot tall tire. Mm-hmm. And you're operating around semis, which cabs are made of hmm, aluminum, fiberglass, and trailers that are made of wood and aluminum. And you are dangling about 4,800 pounds off your loader and putting it onto trucks and trying to do that all with finesse, that takes a lot out of you. Because mm-hmm. you're constantly, I, I noticed I was, I had literally chewed a ridge into my lip from concentrating. I would tuck my lip and I start chewing on my lip because I'm, 
I'm trying to inch forward and I'm playing with the joystick, you know, oh, a little mm-hmm. up. And then the drivers are, some of the drivers are showing me and it's just these small movements. Well, you're operating a, I don't know, multi-thousand pound machine. Yeah. There's so much damage you can cause. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And, well, besides the pin breaking on me, I didn't cause any damage to anything. Well, that's good. And, well, the telehandler, I guess that thing overheated, but that wasn't really no. your fault. Yeah, I parked it, and the guy who owned that one was using it the next day for hours on end. So, hey, it's a win-win for me. Exactly. But... I didn't break the payloader. I'll just say that. Yeah. It was due to lack of maintenance. Oh, I believe Like, Yeah, because it, it wouldn't just shear off. Oh, no. Just like that. Like, the welder looked at it, and it was right along a grease line. And you could tell it hadn't been greased in forever. Like, the yeah. one day I after my telehandler overheated, I pulled the air filters out of the payloader. And they were replaced in 2018. Well, let me just say they were caked. And it was a stupid weird design filter that I've never seen before. So I cleaned it out as best I could with what I had. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so that's somewhat cleaned out. Why is it not cooling in my cab? Well, I pulled the cabin air filter out, just completely plugged. I couldn't even begin to clean that thing. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is a lost cause. Open the doors, deal with the flies, and just roll with it. But mm-hmm. you know what? It was... About halfway point, I stopped complaining about how stressful and everything it was. And I was like, you know what? You just chug Red Bulls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every, all week, huh, at least one Red Bull a day. Sometimes two. But water, Red Bull, bags of chips. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, you know, Wednesday came around. I was like, you know what? Why am I complaining? I chose to be out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I didn't sign up to be part of this drama. But I have a story to tell on the podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> I made a memory. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Hey, you got something out of it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the long and long of it of my wonderful week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now you're back. So we'll uh, we'll probably continue with our, our regular uh, podcast recordings. But, yeah, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a pretty crazy couple last couple of weeks for us. Oh, yeah. It's... You know, just, it's strange how life throws you these random things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, hey, let's be spontaneous and let's do this. Yeah. And then you realize, maybe I shouldn't be spontaneous all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should plan some things out a little bit first. Well, it was crazy because it was a Friday afternoon that he called me and I had to quickly run to town and grab some stuff that I needed to take along. Mm -hmm. And I did that and I woke up at 3.45 in the morning and I headed out. Like, that's about as spontaneous as you can get. Yeah, and that's a couple-hour drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'll just be there in five minutes. And then I can go home and go back. So, no, I... It was a good time. Made a lot of good memories and made some new friends and chalked it up to life experience. So. There you go. <laughs> and now I know how to operate a payloader very, very well. So yeah, yeah, you, you got a little bit of experience with that. <laughs> yeah, because well, it was probably at least twelve hours a day for seven days. So talk about trial by fire, if anything. <laughs> well, you know what they say: sink or swim. Exactly. And I, 
I definitely think I swam. <laughs> Still can't actually swim, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, me neither. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that was a that was a bit of a story time. Yeah. I hope, hope you guys enjoy that. Um, I guess we should shout out our good friends over at Hammer. Mm-hmm. We have been in discussions with them. We have more things coming down the pipeline and we are you know we're very happy to be part of a part of their platform so yeah if you're wondering what hammer is uh, it's a hard-working blue-collar social media platform that's for the up-and-coming generations uh, there's there's no BS you know no politics I often you see on Instagram Oh, I don't like your work, so I'm going to attack your mother or your mm-hmm. religious beliefs. Or... And I find it's a lot... Of, I think it's even worse on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... It's a, a huge community of all the trades. Mm-hmm. You know, just coming together and... You know, we, we all take pride in our work. So we, mm-hmm. we post what we do and it's nothing but love or, you know, constructive criticism on yeah. how we might do it better and it's like hey sweet you know i'll i'll do do it differently Mm -hmm. no thanks for the tip and i know a big thing they're pushing right now is scrap linkedin you know scrap resumes yeah you know this platform lets you showcase your work and potential employers can look hey sweet yeah we like what you do you're hired Mm -hmm. yeah because your work is going to speak for yourself like it's going to speak volumes than you just telling it like if they can see pictures, it's gonna be way more uh, better representation than saying, "Oh yeah, I can do this, this, and this." But look how well I can do this, yep. this, and this. Exactly, and I mean that's Hammer's Hammer's main slogan is "Let your work speak for itself," and I yep. think that's that's super that's important. Spot on. So, yeah, and you know, not only do we have things in the works with Hammer, even just within the podcast, we have things coming. Mm-hmm. We are officially working on our website Mm -hmm. so that'll be exciting once we can offer you guys merch and kind of be able to see in our backgrounds and and what we've done Mm -hmm. we'll have our project showcases and stuff on there too so yeah it's it's great to see how the podcast is growing and i don't think we have said it yet but we smashed our goal for a thousand plays by the end of the year so thank you guys Actually, for listeners there's a thousand views in one year because we started last year in october right that is right yeah and, and we and we had over uh, over a thousand views or a thousand listens prior to that so yeah a huge shout out thank you to all of our listeners out there we we really appreciate it we never thought we could like like yeah. we set the bar at like a hundred, you know. If we got a yeah. hundred, you know, it'd be cool, right? <laughs> then we got a hundred, and then it, it kept going. It's like, well, maybe five hundred, or maybe a thousand, right? Yeah. So yeah, we were, again. I want to thank all of our listeners out there, and you know, anyone that's ever you know reached out to us or all of our our guests we've had on, on the podcast. You know, we really appreciate you guys. Absolutely, and like you always say to me, we started at the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. All right on, guys. You have a good night, and we will talk to you on the next one.